For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick on Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A. V, Tony, we're just past the halfway mark, and while you were there caught in the semi-hurricane tornado on Sunday, most of us were not, but we could still be in the action at Bet Online. Tony, we went 2-1 and one this week. The Nick Chubb eh, could have been 3-0, and oh, but we'll leave it at that. That puts me for the season. I'm 18-9. You're 16-11. and 11. So if you've been putting money behind our bets, you're in the black. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up 
today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Tony, we'll get to our picks this week a little later. The Browns pulled one out, take the victory, ten to seven, move to six and three. However, that six and three. They're out of the playoffs at this point, unless we go to eight. Uh, <laughs> and then they're the eight seed. So before we get into that, what did you think of the game on Sunday? What was your uh, interpretation of this uh, windblown uh, monstrosity? Well, you, you know, I guess we always say a win's a win and I'll take an ugly win or whatever. But, you know, and, and it was a win. I mean, we are six and three. Well, I guess we'll take it, right? But but the, the thing that I just... When I hear about the playoff talk, um, my thing is this. If we're going to play the way we played this Sunday, like, what's the point of even making the playoffs? Like, like you know, the, the way we performed, and, and, you know, it's I, I find myself kind of, you're at this crux, right? Like, we had two 100-yard rushers. We did some things right. But at the same time, there's no reason why we shouldn't have blown that team out uh, that we were playing. And we just did everything and anything that we possibly could to keep them in the game. And I guess for me, that's the most frustrating part is that um, I feel like with all the the pieces that we had returning, I felt like this was a game that we could make a statement and we could win um, decisively and, and kind of start to separate ourselves from the pack. But then we put in the performance that we did. And I know folks will say, well, you know, the weather dictated a lot of it. But man, some of the mistakes that we made were had nothing to do with the weather. I know, like personal fouls, um, those were ridiculous. Like we're, we're starting to gravitate towards that nonsense again. And we talked about that. You know, we've been talking about that the last two games. We just, you know, we had high praise in the first half of the season for just how we controlled those. Um, you know, those errors that we had made in the past as far the as the brownsy moments. Yeah. The brownsy moments. And now we're kind of getting back to that. And, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't like, and, and I didn't, man, I love Jarvis Landry. Trust me on, on this lineup. Other than Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry is my second favorite guy in the whole, <laughs> on the whole team. And when he spiked that ball in the first quarter, I'm sitting there thinking, what is going on here? Like this is, this is our veteran presence, right? This is our, you know, the, the guy that's supposed to be controlling the room and, and, and leading the way and setting by example. And, and that's the, the nonsense we get. I don't understand it. We're not that good that we can be doing things like that. And, and I don't know. Like I said, it ended up not costing us. We ended up winning the game. But I just don't like seeing that. I, it's it's a terrible trend that we're, we're, we're kind of – we're trending in a bad direction. Let's be yeah, and, and six yards, you know, six penalties for sixty-three yards is 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 not a good look for for any team, and especially one that is not at an elite level that can't necessarily overcome those penalties at any time. And I really think the Browns have Romeo Cornell to thank for this game because that decision at the beginning of the second quarter that was a blessing. Mm-hmm. This was a game where every single point mattered. You knew this wasn't going to be a shootout, so you didn't need those seven points. Simply getting those three points on the board would have been huge. His decision to go for it and go for the seven instead of simply kicking the field goal, because that was the that was the one that you could have said, okay, this one's going in, right? I mean, you're on, yeah. you're right there, and then 
I mean, and then their team, you know, they imploded a little bit. You talk about the Browns penalties. I mean, that drive when they had first and 10 at the Cleveland 27, then they get a false start. Then they got, okay, they got a gain of eight. Then they got sacked and lost five yards. Then they got to delay a game and lost another five yards. And then, yes, they completed a four-yard pass, but with a pass interference penalty against them that the Browns declined. And then, yeah, okay, we're going to let you kick a 47-yard field goal in this wind, which is why they didn't accept that penalty. And then they didn't, right? They punted. Then they missed another field goal. I mean, obviously, that second, that missed field goal is not necessarily on Cornell, but the one that they didn't take, that's on him. And then the poor for performance of the players on that drive when they get the ball down to the Cleveland 27, you know, that's the stuff that we were trying to avoid that did not bite us this game, but did impact our performance. I really think, hey, man, put a, put a win, put another win in Romeo Cornell's column for Brown's head coach because he got one for us this week. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to kick Romeo while he's down, but uh, uh, <laughs> he, he was. There, there were some decisions that just, I don't know, you, you know, sitting on the press box, even, uh, you know, kind of the room was even like, what, you know, what are we doing here? What, you know, what's going on? You know, why would he do that? Um, but you know, and I don't know, and and I don't know. I haven't really gone through the post game notes to see if he had answers for those things. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it is one of those things where you know, getting back to what I was saying before, when it comes to just talent on the field, we we had more talent on the field than they had on on that on that day, and it should not have been as close as it was, and. Um, like I said, I guess if if our goal is to just make the playoffs, we could say, "Hey, we're a playoff team." Whatever, um, you know. I guess maybe we're headed in that direction, possibly. But um, but I just, what's the point? You, you know, let let's get let's get good, let's get competitive, and let's start cleaning up these just boneheaded plays. Because I think you know, in in this kind of you know leading into this week. With Philadelphia coming in, I think Philadelphia is probably a little bit more mature team than the Texans. Uh, Texans obviously more stable in, in the fact that um, you, you know coaching wise and everything else is that they've been consistent here. Um, I, I don't think you're going to pull out a game this Sunday like we did last Sunday. If you play that same way against the Eagles, the Eagles are that team that's going to make you pay for that. Um, I don't think uh, Peterson's going to you know make decisions. That are going to be bad decisions. I don't think you're going to be blessed with um, the worst weather, um, you know, in the world to kind of pull you <laughs> out a little bit. So, I, I mean, I think we need to we need to get our stuff together because this whole playoff talk, you know, we've seen six and three before. And and do I think we're going to go, you know, one and you know the remainder on the way out? No, I, I don't think that'll happen again. I would hope not. But we 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 very easily could not get ten wins. Um, if we continue to play like we're playing right now, schedule isn't that easy. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think Philly's Philly's just a different animal because even if I think you have the weather, the the difference was that Houston has a top ten passing offense and they have the league's worst rushing offense, and and the defense is good, but they weren't going up against the world's greatest team and the weather made it impossible to pass. They allowed the worst rushing offense in the league to do its thing. And they did. And they stunk. I mean, you look at what they had. They, yes, they averaged just about four yards a carry, but if you take away Duke Johnson's 23 yarder, then they averaged barely over three yards per carry. The worst rushing offense in the league 
was horrible. And guess what? When you can't pass because the wind's howling and it's blowing passes off course, then you're not going to be able to move the ball. Philly, on the other hand, doesn't have a great passing offense, but they have a you know a league average rushing offense. So if we were to play them on Sunday, I think they would have been able to move the ball a little bit better on the ground. And then that's the danger of, yes, I understand this Philly team is not very good. Okay, you're they're three, five and one. They tied the Bengals, right? They beat a depleted 49ers team. They beat the Giants. They've also lost to the Giants. And then they beat the Cowboys. So not any real significant wins. They also lost to the Washington football team. But they will come in here. And I agree with you. They have a better coaching staff than Houston does. And while necessarily the offense isn't as good, they are good where the Browns are not necessarily good from a defensive side of the ball. And that's where the challenge is is really going to be. I don't know how they're going to play against this Philly team. They should be able to move the ball. But has has Baker really showed you that much? I don't know if I really want the game in his hands. No. Well, you know, and, and here's the other thing, too. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how many people... I don't know if people TiVo, is there such a thing anymore? I mean, I, I, <laughs> you DVR it, you DVR it. If anybody DVR'd the game, um, you, you know, the one thing I was commenting on when we were up in the press box, if you watch that first quarter, I think, and, and I'm hoping, um, you know, maybe Philly doesn't pick up on this, but I'm sure they're probably watching the film. The one thing I will say about that Houston offense that, made me laugh a little bit was if you go back to that first quarter and it even bled a little bit into the second quarter, they were shifting so much on offense, like trying to kind of, you know, really mask. I think what they're trying to do is mask a poor offensive line. Um, but they kept shifting people around, moving people around. And I'll be honest with you, when I watch Watson, you know, just take those, um, you, you know, the, the quarterback draws and just run up the middle. I, I mean, he was getting yards at will. And I think really, I, I, I don't know if, if, if Houston had just simply ran the ball against us and stopped the nonsense, I think they may have been able to run the ball on us. Um, because I, when they stopped the shifting and doing all the crazy stuff and just stuck to, hey, we're just either going to hand it off or he would do the read option. And um, just you, you know, bolt up the middle. They were getting huge chunks of yards, and I think a, a lot of you know goes back to the coaching part of it. I think Romeo may have been kind of spending too much time trying to kind of out maneuver or out whatever. Whatever. I'm not sure. What <laughs> but I think if the, you know, and if and if I'm Philly and I'm looking at that film, I'm going to be honest with you uh, because there were times during the game. When Houston just simply ran it right up the middle, they did, were able to get the yards they needed. Um, you know, and I think you know maybe Houston might have talked themselves out of you know some easy yards just by trying to get too cute. And um, I still don't believe in the middle of our defense. I, I, I don't know why anybody would would you know feel like they needed to trick them. I I, I think if I'm an opposing team and I'm coming in here. My game plan is to just run it up that middle until they stop us and then then look for an alternative after that. But I I honestly believe if, if you go through and you look at the tape, in that first quarter, Houston talked themselves out of a lot of yards. I think if they had just run the ball up the middle and stopped the nonsense, they probably would have performed better 
um, than they did. But, um, you know, once again, that's my Monday morning or Tuesday morning uh, now quarterback. You know, if, if Philly is really looking at the playbook, yes, Miles Sanders hasn't necessarily, you know, not a highly touted guy and hasn't gotten a ton of carries, right? 80, 30th in the league in terms of number of carries, but he's 14th in the league in the yards. The guy's averaging 5.7 yards per carry. They can move the ball. The challenge for them has been in games. They've been in game situations where they've needed to throw it because they've needed to move the ball quickly because their defense just hasn't held up. Their defense can hold this Browns offense a little bit. They're going to be able to play smash mouth football as well. And they're going to be able to drive it right down our throats because I agree with you. I don't think anybody is really sold on our defensive front, right? Yeah, you have Miles Garrett and then hopefully you have Miles Garrett again. And that, you know, coming back after chasing the quarterback. Uh, and that's pretty much the defense. And it's not great. And so I think I would agree with you, especially the way Carson Wentz has been playing this season. Start handing the ball to Miles Sanders. And it's going to be a real challenge for this defensive front for the Browns to stop them. Yeah, and, and, you know, so that's the one thing. And I feel like this could be a trap game, too, because, uh, you know, it. I you get the sense after the game and just with some of the comments, and I'm not saying you can't feel good about a win, but you got to be careful. You got to be careful about making too much of a win that should have been bigger than it ended up being. Um, I, and I think sometimes you get so wrapped up in the fact that you got the W that you um, fail to, you know, look at the things you you may have done wrong, and and I'm hoping that isn't the case here. I mean, this will be a good sign of just how good of a coach Stefanski is, because you know the one thing I will say, and I don't know if you picked up on this when you look at the um when you look at our record right now, this is probably the first time in a long time that we have gotten this deep in the season without losing back to back games. You, you know, and and that to me. That that falls. I, I got to put a lot on coaching because I'm not ready to put it on the players uh, at this time. <laughs> just, because I, just because I don't feel like we've got a, a clear team leader who's, um, you, you know, I, I think calling the shots. So I, I got to give it to Stefanski. You know, put it in his column as far as um, you know, who, who we're going to give it credit, give credit to. But I, I mean, we we have done well so far, not falling into that trap of. You know, just doing boneheaded things and and losing in boneheaded fashion. But that being said, we do need to clean up those penalties because we don't want to start falling into that trap. We just can't afford to. You know, with six wins, you know, we're six and three, got seven games left. Everybody keeps saying, well, you know, if we win 10 games, I feel at this point, we got to make a run for 12. Like we got to try to get 12 wins. I don't feel comfortable going for 10. And then saying, well, well, let's win 10 and see what happens. I'd rather, I'd rather win 12 and just, um, you know, let's, let's make our own destiny instead of, you know, having to rely on somebody else, you know, winning, losing, whatever. But I I think if we're going to do that, we got to clean up those penalties because better teams are not going to allow, you know, allow us to get away with that. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And I think realistically, I mean, best case scenario, you're looking at 11. I can't. I can't imagine them winning two out of three against the the Titans, Ravens, and Steelers. So you're looking at your 10 being the Eagles, Jags, Giants, Jets, and then 11 winning one of those games. Yes, I could see them winning one of those games. I really can't see the way this offense and defense are performing right now, them winning two of the three of those games. So my goal, realistically, would be 11. Take one of those, surprise somebody, 
And then, and that would avoid your, hopefully it would be one of the Titans and Ravens. And then that would avoid your back-to-back losses throughout the season. Because if you lose both of those, obviously those games are back-to-back. You you fall into that trap. And then, you know, what do you look like heading into that Giants game? And that's a challenge as well. From a defensive standpoint, one thing I would like to say, and this is a little off topic, but just something of note, as my Golden Gophers are having a horrible season on the college football field, I would like to note that I did recommend that the Browns drafted Antoine Winfield Jr., who was taken one pick behind Grant Delpit, who we did take and is not playing. And Winfield Jr. is in the running for Defensive Rookie of the Year honors. Just as an aside, uh, we could use a little bit of that right now. From an Eagles standpoint, what do you expect from this defense, Tony? I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about the offense, mentioned Miles Sanders. We know Carson Wentz is not quite having the season that was expected of him. And that's kind of been the case since he came back uh, from his injury during the Super Bowl year that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz won like everything else. Um, what are you expecting from this this Eagles defense against this Browns offense. Well, I mean, obviously they're, they're to, to, you know, it's not like I'm, I, this is any mystery here. They're going to have to key on our run. Obviously. I mean, I think we, we proved <laughs> um, this week that in, in, in as, in as great as uh, it was great to see Nick Chubb back. I mean, obviously I was super excited about that, but man, I tell you what, um, watching Kareem hunt run, if if that doesn't get your juices flowing as an offensive lineman, as as other folks on the offense, he does not take any plays off. Like every play that he got the ball, he was running like a man possessed. And I just, um, to me, I just my hope is that we can get the ball to him more often. I, I know you know with Chubb in the lineup, it's a little bit. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be a little bit hard because you're you're splitting amongst the two. But I tell you what, man, I just love the way that kid runs. And you, you know, when, when you look at um, you know, some of those. See, but my question, my question on that then is is where was he on some of those weeks we really needed him to step up when Chubb was out? Well, I you know, I don't know. I, I just I'm just going off of what I saw on Sunday. I, I mean, you know, I I don't know. I I you know, I don't know if um. Because there were some wins in there. I'm not going to say, hey, you know, they didn't win any games because they, hey, they did beat the Bengals and they and they beat the Colts. Games against teams that you need to beat, you know, or you're going to have to beat to be good, right? Obviously, the Steelers, you know, horrible game. And then against the Raiders, kind of blah. I mean, and even against the Bengals, you know, the numbers were were average. And, and so that's the thing is like, why is it always, you know, massive games when Chubb's in the lineup, but then not so great? And I understand you're taking the brunt of of everything at that point, but I want to see him do it as the lead back. And I, I just haven't seen that from him. Well, I don't, I don't want to see him do it as a lead back because then that would mean Chubb's back. Well, <laughs> well one of them is going to have to go after this season. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we ran with Mac and Biner for a while. I mean, we, we could, we could figure it out. Yeah, um, we didn't have a salary cap back then either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we're also not signing. Uh, clearly we're just not signing linebackers and uh, defensive back. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. We, we ignore that whole part of the field. <laughs> yep. Um, it, uh, yeah, I, you know, is, is, does he benefit from Chubb being in there? I, yeah, certainly. But like I said, the, the, him running the way he was running, man, that was that was just awesome to see in that late third and, and fourth quarter. Um, I think for Philly, you, you know, I, I 
I still don't think our, our – I'm not afraid of Baker Mayfield if I'm a defensive coordinator. Like, can he put up yards? Obviously, they can put up yards. But do I feel like he's going to have another one of these games where he just takes over? I just don't. I just don't see it. I, 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 I don't know. He was, and I know the weather was bad, but he was even inconsistent on Sunday. I think that's going to continue. He, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I think of. I think if I'm the Eagles, I just focus on the run. And, uh, you know, give us whatever we get passing we get. You know, that'll be a gift. But I think if you can shut our run down or at least contain our run, obviously you can't afford to give up 100 yards to two running backs. But if you can, <laughs> if you can control well, that. Well, heck, you know what? It only got us 10 points, so maybe you can. Yeah, well, yeah. But, yeah, like I said, the weather, I think, played a big factor. Well, the weather doesn't impact whether you put the ball in the end zone or not if you're running for 200 yards. Uh, I mean, So, I mean, that's the thing is, yeah, we got all those yards, but it really only netted us 10 points. Yes, it might have changed some field goals. So what does that give us? 16? I mean, so that's that to me is the thing is if you're not executing and putting that ball in the end zone with all of those rushing yards, yes, they're great to have. Still, it was an exceedingly close game for a game that was seemingly dominated offensively by the Browns. Yeah, well, I'm sure... I'm sure we'll get that figured out. We, we got our, <laughs> our best people on. I, 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 when I drove by, when I drove by Berea, I saw smoke coming out of the uh, the chimney. So they're 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 working. Was it the white smoke? Is we got a new pope? Is that what? <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah. New QB or something? I don't know. So Tony, here we'll get into we'll get into the picks. We have so last week people might say, well, you know, you picked the over. Yes, we picked the over. However, there was a fairly substantial caveat in that it was said, wait until game time. If the weather is horrible, take the under, right? And I would consider a what 40 minute weather delay evidence of horrible weather, meaning take the under. So remember when the caveats are put in, listen to what is said. So it was said, wait until Sunday, find out what the game day weather is going to be. If it is a just a cold, brisk fall day, take the over. If it is rainy, windy, wet, take the under. I think we're going, we had the under on that one. So Tony, this week it is Browns minus three and a half. And the over under is 45 and a half. Hmm. I'm going to, man, I don't know. I'm thinking I, oof, I want, I want to, I want to go under. I, I I'm going to go under, I'm going to go under. I'm going to, you know what? I, I got to try to distance myself from you a little bit. So I'm, I'm going, I'm going Eagles. Distance? You mean catch up? Well, yeah. Well, close the distance. (laughs) Strike that. Strike that. Reverse it, uh, Willy Wonka style. Uh, I will go Eagles. I will. uh, I will go under. Eagles under. Okay, you taking them straight up as well, or you just taking them with the points? Uh, I'm taking them with the points. And then you taking the Browns to win straight up. So you're taking no, Eagles taking plus Eagles. three and a half, but who do you have winning the game? Yeah, I'm, taking, I'm, I'm taking Eagles to win the game uh, and, and cover. Okay. Not, All right. right. Wow. 
I am. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yes, I am gonna go opposite you there. I, I, I do think I, I am just not sold on Carson Wentz this year and the way he has played. And while I am not necessarily sold on Baker Mayfield, I am confident in this Browns uh, offense to be able to run the ball and uh, turn those rushing yards into points this week even though they didn't do it last week i am going to be confident that they will do it this week i am going to take the browns i am going to give the three and a half points even though it is above that key number of three which is a tough one for the over under i'm going to give the same caveat if the weather is nice let's check let's do a little weather projection here folks We'll look at what the projected weather is for Sunday. It looks like 50% rain, um, but relatively warm, so 61 degrees. If that rain does not come, I will gladly take the over. Uh, if that rain does come, I will take the under. So that's a, that's another one that's a game-time decision, weather-based. Uh, so just hold on to what it is. Uh, it is 45 and a half. It might change uh, as that day creeps a little closer towards the over uh, towards a higher number or a lower number depending on what that weather forecast looks like but I'm going to split my call on the over under based on the weather as that's that's a key element of that but I am going to take the Browns I am going to give the points and so we will have much different numbers uh, next week Tony due to that as I sit at what 18 and 9 and you sit at 16 and 11 right now so you could uh, completely close the gap on me uh, this week and take the lead depending on on what happens. So you got the Eagles. That's- you're you're taking the points. Uh, you're going with the under regardless of the weather. So either could be tied, we could be separated by even more, or you could be taking the lead depending on on what happens this weekend, Tony. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I have confidence. Uh, you know, I, I, will I put real money on it? Probably not, but you know. Uh- <laughs> I, I'm confident <laughs> enough to say it. Uh, not confident enough to actually put a paycheck on it, but um, well, uh, that's you, fine. You know, it, and we, like I said, we'll, we'll just see. I, I mean, I, I'm hopefully they'll prove me wrong. I just, um, I just, this feels like a trap game to me. I mean, I think they're, they they got a little too high off of this win. It wasn't that impressive of a win. I, I don't, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, well, let's just hope we stay out of the COVID situation. The facility was reopened again today, uh, Tuesday, November 17th. So that's good. The contact tracing was limited and tests came back negative for those who were in the vicinity. That kind of hopefully solved and hopefully team will be able to practice uh, fully for the remainder of the week. And that hopefully that that continues to go well. Um, I I know know they do an amazing job of just... um, especially with the tracing. I mean, the technology there is huge. It, it still is a little confusing for me how a guy can play an entire game, though, when they said there was absolutely no high-risk contact. <laughs> I, I, what, what exactly is – I mean, you actually have to do, like, open-mouth kissing on someone? Or, I, I mean, what, what exactly um, – because if he played a whole entire game, and I, I believe uh, – what was the report? They, they said he, he, he played in uh, – well, 15 offensive stat snaps and 11 special team snaps. So that's, you know, 26 plays in the game. And obviously you're sitting on the bench and, and doing all the other things. I just don't know how that works. But, uh, hey, I will say apparently they've got it down because um, they tested everyone and, and uh, that did was in the vicinity. And they're saying he's the only one with it. So that's that's good stuff. 
Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, know how all that works. Maybe, hey, maybe guys are just wearing their masks on the sidelines and doing what they're supposed to be doing. So then, you know, you do limit the spread that way. So kudos to the Browns for at least limiting it in that sense, and hopefully they can uh, do it for the rest of the season to allow uh, games to continue to be played. Because I would like to be down at the Super Bowl in February. Uh, so uh, let's hope that happens. <laughs> yeah. No, and and hopefully we're watching the Browns. Yeah, hopefully, but uh, likely. Okay, let's 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 stick to likely. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts, Tony? Before we call it a, a call it a show here. No, I, I just uh, you know just hoping for good things, and I hope I hope uh, you know coach coach is listening, and um, we're, we we work on these penalties. Maybe we have the guys run some gassers today to uh, pay their penance for. Um, for the personal file, well, I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him the audio file after after we finish here, and uh, you know, have him play it in the locker room of you picking the Eagles. So uh, hopefully, that's all the motivation our team needs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we can't do that. Uh, my, my recommendation though is the gas. <laughs> I mean, let's go with gassers and work our way out. There you go. There you go. I love it. All right, Browns backers. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next week as the Browns will sit seven and three as they beat the Eagles by 15 points on Sunday and hit that over. Uh, <laughs> have a good one. Run out of bounds and, and, and give up a, a touchdown at the end again. You know. That was that was crushing. That was crushing for uh, folks who had that number. Yeah. Although, although I will say people did get bailed out if they took the, if they had the, uh, the bills plus two and a half last week, uh, with the Cardinals deciding to just take the knee on the extra point on the Hail Mary, which was a smart play as well, um, from a coaching standpoint, cause you don't want that extra point to get blocked and then return for a safety, which would have led to a tie game. Since there was no time left on the clock, you take the knee, the game's over. Um, so smart move by the Cardinals. There, uh, smart new move by Nick Chubb as well. So some intelligent uh, decision making. One benefited the gamblers as the the Bills were plus two and a half, and they ended up losing by two. And then one did not as the Browns were three and a half point favorites, and uh, they ended up winning by three. So eh, you split the difference. All right, all right. You take care and uh, Chubb check and uh, stay in bounds next time and score the touchdown. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.